0: This is episode 23, a solo episode with me, Tiffany Hinton, and we're going to be talking about all things about cultivating a healthy gut and what does that mean as I have myself to refocus in on my health uh, going into June today on Cultivating Guts. Hello, it's Tiffany, and welcome back to Cultivating Guts, a podcast where we discuss gardening, homesteading, gut health, and following our intuition. I'm so excited to be back with you guys. I've had so many insightful moments and ideas about really important topics, and today's topic actually came to me because somebody reached out and said, hey, do you still do gut health coaching? I could really use your help. And I was like, oh my gosh, yeah, definitely. Like the whole thing, like cultivating guts is not just around gardening and homesteading, although that's been my focus so much. In the recent months, as we're getting the garden planted and the greenhouse built, and you know, prepping for chickens and everything. But yeah, gut health and myself, I need to like refocus on gut health, and we'll talk about why today during the podcast. I am so excited to be back with you guys today. Uh, we took a little four day mini vacation, mini getaway, I guess, um, hiking here in Illinois. We went to Starve Rock and just had some great time to ground and some great realizations. The girls are out of school, so there might be a little bit of background noise, hopefully, not too much. And it's just one of those, you know, weekend mornings where I don't necessarily have to get up and put on makeup to be on camera, and I can just come and be myself and hang out with you. And if you're watching this on Spotify or on YouTube, there's video now, which is super cool. So hello if you're watching on video. And if you do want to catch us on YouTube, our YouTube channel is youtube.com forward slash tiffany Hinton. And you can tune in there or watch any of our past video episodes. So it's so excited for you to be here. But before we get started, I want to make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the Cultivating Guts podcast. Send me a screenshot of your review at tiffany at gfmomcertified.com, and I'll send you our four-day Hacking Your Health Gut Detox plan, which I think is going to be getting some rework, but we'll get into that later. Also, as you're listening, screenshot your favorite part. Share it with us on Instagram at gfmomcertified or at cultivatingguts. I love reposting, and I'm excited to hear what you thought of today's episode. Was there anything that stuck out to you? Was there anything new that you learned, or did you find value in today? Uh, is this a topic you'd like to have more of in the future on the Cultivating Guts podcast? All of those things would be super cool if you could send me an Instagram message. I am so grateful for you and all of your all of our amazing listeners who helped us grow this podcast. Um, we're episode twenty three. That is amazing, and so please continue to share this with more people that you think it will help or benefit. But before we head into the show, I want to do a quick word from our sponsor. Today's sponsor is Cultivating Guts. It is our online platform and you can find gardening courses. You can find pre-recorded webinars on building raised beds, on getting started, on garden planning. You can also not only sign up for gut health coaching and get our gut detox Challenge at www.cultivatingguts.com. But you can also get one on one gardening consultations and gardening challenges. And um, gardening challenges, everybody can have gardening challenges. I am here to help you find a way to get over those gardening challenges. What I was going to tell you is with Cultivating Guts, when we do a one on one consultation, we can actually sit down and look at what do you need to improve in your health? Because as many of you may or may not know, I am a certified functional medicine health coach and practitioner and have had 10 years in the gluten-free industry doing health coaching, celiac coaching, and just helping people get their guts right, right? Getting your poop back on track as much as that sounds funny. It's true. Um, So what we can do is we can pair gardening What are you going to plant in your garden that will benefit whatever is happening in your health? And we can create balance for you between the structure of a diet, but also the balance of getting out in nature and cultivating and growing the crops that are going to heal you or the medicinal Um, herbs that you can cook with make tea with um, all those things that can boost your body and so you can combine the feminine energy of the gardening the outdoors the grounding the intuitiveness of knowing what to plant and what your body is reaching for and listening to your gut with the structure of a meal plan if that and and that masculine energy of getting kind of that structure in the structure of maybe you know making your meals ahead of time or prepping on a Sunday or a Monday and making sure you have everything you need or even the structure of just getting like you know a grocery list together and getting everything so you're not scrounging in the middle of the week like myself lately and eating chicken nuggets and french fries like that's not healthy even if they are gluten-free not healthy um so that is an option as well and if that's something you're interested in is how to combine Gardening consultations with gut health coaching. Let's talk. Like, seriously, send me a private message on Instagram or email me at Tiffany at GFMomCertified.com. Or, like I said, reach out and go to Cultivating Guts, www.cultivatingguts.com. And, um, we'll get a link on there if it's not already there for you to sign up for a consultation. I think there is a calendar link link on there already, but um, I'll find that out. I'll get that in the show notes. And if that's something you're interested in, let's do a one-on-one coaching session. All right. With that, guys, um, thank you to our sponsor, Cultivating Guts. And we're going to head right into the show. I'm excited. I'm energized. And I'm so happy to just be talking about this topic. Today's topic is one of my most favorite things to talk about. And if you've ever been around me when we start talking about guts and poop and intestines and eating, you'll see that I have this passion just like I have for gardening. Like those are like my two big passions in life is just this gut health component and just being in nature and the gardening. And and I love them both so much. And, and the cool thing about cultivating guts is I get to marry them together. I get to pair them together. It becomes one of the pillars along with listening to intuition, which is also something that I love to do. And so today's episode, as much as we haven't really talked about gut health for a little while, is really important. And I have no script. I'm just like, what do I talk about? Because there's so much... But one of the things I think I want to focus in on is my history, in case you're brand new to Cultivating God. so you're new to me and you don't really know me, and then I want to talk about a topic that I used to travel around and talk on stages of 500 people at a time. And it's a very impactful topic, but I also know that it's very, very much going to help people. So we'll talk about three things that you can do to heal your gut. We might get to five, but we'll at least do three, Okay. But first, let me kind of just deep dive a little bit, introduce myself if we've never really met, and give you a little bit of background, a little bit of history. Uh, My childhood was Central Illinois, right? Farming, industrial farming, um, small town life, um, lots of potatoes and processed food and meat and, and yes, vegetables and cooking stuff from nature as well, but It was just this combination of a kid that was born in the late 70s, growing up in the 80s, whose mom had to go back to work when I was 11, and she worked third shift, and I was kind of put in charge for a while and had to learn how to, you know, and my grandma was great. I will always tell you, my grandmother taught me how to cook, but there was a point where sometimes whatever was in the cabinet is what I was feeding my brother and my sister or feeding myself, Um, and when I was about 14, my celiac disease triggered And what does that mean? That means I started having severe stomach cramping. I had acid reflux. Um, I would go through a roll of Tums in one day or a roll of roloids, whichever one I could snatch from the bathroom cabinet or pick up at the local uh, convenience store. Um, Didn't start my period like everybody else. My period didn't start till I was 16, uh, so delayed there, but that has to do with the celiac. We know that now. Had a lot of teeth issues. Had a lot of other stuff going on. And now looking back, it was all celiac related. I mean, they told me I had irritable bowel syndrome. I had three, I think, colonoscopies when I was 18 years old. Those are not fun. Uh, Went into a doctor at the age of 16 because I had started my period, but I was bleeding for 60 days plus at a time. I was hemorrhaging, um, having hemorrhagic uh, menstruation. And he said, you know, you're never, ever going to be able to get pregnant. He told me that when I was 16. And so you should freeze your eggs and eventually one day you should do something with it. And I'm thinking, we're on public aid. There's nobody freezing any eggs right now. So what else you got? And so I had this mindset of, well, I could never get pregnant. So who cared? And and that really wore on my conscience. It wore on my emotions. And at the same time that I told everybody I couldn't have kids, I still wanted kids. And as you know, our story turns and we have three children and they're beautiful and they're awesome and I love all my girls. But there was a lot going on back then. And it took me till the age of 27, multiple in and outs in the emergency room, multiple doses of high painkillers, um, taking narcotics and binge drinking because I couldn't get over the pain, laying in the bathroom at one point crying and wishing and asking God, what the hell was I here for? Because it just hurt so bad. I was bleeding out my butt. I was had a major like 60 day menstruation it was just not fun and if you're listening to this and you're like oh my gosh i knew you from gardening what the hell um this was my life and it's nothing like that now and so i don't share any of that for sympathy i share that just so you guys know where i came from i share that so you know the challenges because i know many people go through those challenges i had a voice note from somebody who said tmi and i was like that's like not even tmi like you have no idea what tmi is and so um, age 27, living in the Chicagoland area, had a job, um, actually still work for the same corporation, but doing, you know, computer science, business analyst type work in the the IT industry. And found myself in the emergency room thinking that I had appendicitis. Turns out I didn't have appendicitis, but they went ahead and took my appendix out. The ER surgeon at the time, it's been so interesting. Most of my doctors have had military, like, pieces. So anyway, he was a ER, um, uh, ER doctor, but he had been a medic in the, I don't remember at this point, in one branch of the military. And so he took my appendix out, had never even seen anything like it. He said, I remember coming out of anesthesia. My parents had driven up. That's actually how they got to meet my husband. We were dating at the time and he took me to the emergency room because we thought I was dying. And um, comes back, I have stage four endometriosis, which meant that endometrial tissue from the uterus is now growing all over my body. It had decided to engulf the intestines. And because I had gotten my period, um, it was swelling and it was trying to release and it was scrunching the intestines so bad. It was so painful. Um, my stage four endometriosis resulted in eight additional surgeries. Uh, found another doctor who was Eastern Pakistanian born and raised Ayurvedic medicine, Eastern medicine acupuncture all of that stuff that I love now and I study uh, but also Western medicine trained because he had served in the Air Force and he was a medic in the Air Force and he was in his late 60s when he I finally got to meet him and work with him and he put me on what we know today as a paleo diet um, like I said eight abdominal surgeries, no sugar no gluten no grains, preferably, he said, uh, and no dairy ever, right? And we're going to talk about what happened and why I'm talking about gut health today. And uh, within nine months, we were pregnant with Francesca through IVF. Four months after Frankie was born, we did another embryo, embryonic transfer, pregnant with twins. Last one of the twins resulted in we do have Lily, who is 14 months younger than Frankie. And then because of all the work I had done to heal my health, even though my uh, fallopian tubes grew upside down and were con- and everything like that and I had my at one point my kidneys were in front of my ovaries and my ovaries were um herniated into my back, and those had to be resolved and so there's all this different abdominal surgery that had to be done. Um, found myself pregnant, didn't even realize it until I was in the second trimester with Josie. She's fourteen months younger than Lily, and so we have two sets of virus twins. Had three kids in three years, three kids in diapers. Like, this is all part of our story, and it's all part of the growth and the journey. Um, All of the girls had food allergies. They still somewhat do. Josie's the only one. She's. the least amount of food allergies. She is allergic to sunflowers, which is kind of annoying because there's sunflower oil in everything right now. And it causes her to itch and gets like um, just skin irritation everywhere. And it lasts for weeks after she's had sunflower oil. So she's very vigilant about it just because it irritates her to death. Liliana, our middle child, uh, has celiac and Crohn's just like myself. Also has, um, so she has to deal with gluten, dairy, dairy from the Crohn's side and corn from the Crohn's side, but gluten for the celiac. And then Frankie, she's our oldest. She has galactosemia, so she's supposed to be limiting her dairy. And she has a celiac gene, but her celiac has never actually activated. So she just lives a gluten-free life um, and doesn't really have any other allergies. So that is kind of where we're at today. And there's a lot more in there that happened, but it's been this interesting journey. So a decade ago, right? I started working in the gluten-free world. We wrote cookbooks. They're not published anymore for the most part. Um, And we traveled with the gluten-free food allergy circuit three different expo companies at one time, traveling 16 plus cities a year speaking. And so this is kind of the past, right? And this is all the stuff that I kind of let go during the pandemic. I was like, everything stopped, everything halted. And I was like, cool, I'm going to garden. I'm going to be outside. I'm going to stop traveling. It's all going to be cool. And I'm going to be me <laughs> and not have to look like – It was funny because whenever I went on stage, I was always instructed, right? Because I had a publicist. I had a PR agency. I had – um. Somebody who dressed me and some people looking at me now are going to be like, what? Yes, we had all of that stuff happening in the background. And so I was instructed, coached, I guess you would say, because I've had coaches and I still have coaches and I have a mastermind that I belong to now and I love all of that. But I was i was coached that I needed to look like um, Mrs. Kennedy, right? Jackie Kennedy, Jackie O. The reason being is people trust her. And so if you show up on stage and you, in their brain, subconsciously look like something that they already trust, you gain their trust faster. And so that's a whole like thing, if you've never heard of that, psychological things that you can do to make people know, like, and trust you faster. I know lots of them. Um, But that is one of the things. So Pearl necklace, A line skirts, little sweaters, right? Little cute dresses that were very retro looking on purpose. So I would show up looking like Jackie Kennedy. Don't have to do that anymore. I can dress like a witch if I want. I can wear a witch hat to work. I can show up in overalls, which I do many days. I can be on my podcast in a workout shirt because I'm going to a live Kundalini hitboxing combo class here soon um, for the new moon. And I can have curly hair now if I want, like wild, crazy curly hair and all of that stuff because I'm my own self. I have graduated into being myself. And you're like, Tiffany, this is nothing about gut coaching. This is me and we're going to get to the gut health. And like I said, this might be a longer podcast, we're going to get there. So all of that happened, transitioned into cultivating guts. I feel alive. I feel so blessed. I feel So excited to be able to have a platform like the podcast that I can share with you topics that are important to me, topics that I want to talk about. Um, And so today we're going to talk about gut health, right? And yes, I still drink coffee, although it does have turmeric and ashwagandha in it. Okay. So one of the things about the gut, right? So you know, I have celiac disease, you know, I have Crohn's disease, I've had two colon resections. I've had a ruptured colon. And so you talk about somebody who's had some major gut issues. Mm-hmm, that'd be me. So how, other than the paleo diet, did I overcome all of these gut issues? And that's what we're going to talk about. So I think I'm going to talk about three. We'll see, like I said, how far I get. And and so what does it mean to have celiac or Crohn's or any of this other stuff? So Crohn's disease is inflammation. Sometimes when you have Crohn's disease, you'll have like mucus. It'll look like boogers in your poop, right? So you could have like white mucus. Um, You could have blood in your stool. Um, Poop, stool, bowel movement, all those are the same thing, guys. My youngest likes to say crap. So we'll put an E on this. It won't be a clean episode. Um, All of that works, right? But so, And you'll have abdominal cramping. You may actually feel your stomach and it might feel like – You've got a Charlie horse in your gut, and that's just because either your colon's clamped down or one of your intestines is clamped down. And those are symptoms of Crohn's. The the way that they know that you have Crohn's, though, is to do a colonoscopy. So, yes, they stick a camera up your butt, (laughs) they take some samples, and they're looking for inflammatory tissue that has the same pattern as other Crohn's patients, right? So there's different inflammatory markers they look for. There's different pieces of the intestinal tissue that they're looking for different pieces, okay? Irritable bowel syndrome is that. It's a syndrome. And so if you're ever told you have irritable bowel syndrome, you have an irritated bowel, which means you have an irritated colon. Is that your bowel, your colon? You have an irritated colon. Crohn's disease tends to be more in your large and small intestine, like when they meet sometimes um, around where the gallbladder is introduced into the gut. But IBS a lot of times is a diagnosis when they really don't know the root cause. And I would challenge you as a functional medicine person to go after that root cause. Is that root cause because there's an underlying autoimmune condition? Is that root cause because you have food sensitivities, you've got some IgG stuff you are got an issue with? Do you have IBS because you had mono as a child And now you're dealing with um, Epstein-Barr virus or Lyme's disease. And are any of those causing the IBS? Most of the time with IBS, because it is a syndrome and they can't figure out what's wrong with you, um, I would say it's some sort of environmental or introduced food uh, toxicity or your body's identifying it as a toxin. Unless maybe you've got SIBO or bacteria overgrowth, which you can fix. Um, Okay. If you have celiac disease, that is a genetic disorder. It's a genetic disease. You carry a gene in your DNA that's been handed down through your ancestors. Mine came from my grandfather on my mother's side and then from his lineage. And so with celiac disease, there is normally a triggering moment. There is either where you got super sick at one point, you had a stressful event, your immune system got compromised. A lot of different things could happen, right? You could have caught a virus, any of that stuff, whether it was the chickenpox virus or it could have been – you could have had mono as a kid that triggered your celiac. You could have had, you know, all this stuff. Um, And so with celiac, what happens is the gluten, so that's a – Substance in wheat, barley, and rye, and in a lot of processed food, including cereals, because they add it back for whatever reason. It's on McDonald's French fries. It can go on and on with places you can find gluten. But anyway, what the gluten does is it acts like sandpaper. So you normally have villi. If you're on the video, you can see this. And those are those little fingers that are inside your intestines, and they're they're like swimming as the food goes by, and they're absorbing, and they've got little spaces and gaps, minor, um, microscopic little gaps where they get. Single string foods through, so you're gonna need certain things that we're gonna talk about in order to break the food up into micronutrients, so it can flow into these little micro holes to get into your bloodstream, so they can then be processed into things that your mitochondria need. So with celiac disease, these little villi, as the gluten is digested, whether it's on purpose or on accident, these little villi get sanded off and sanded off and sanded off until your gut has hardly nothing to have a healthy gut colony growing, nowhere for the different enzymes and the probiotics to live because there's nothing left. Their their coral reef is gone. Um, There's really no way for you to absorb any nutrients. And there's no way for these little things to work to help the food pass. You could get constipated, many other things. And a lot of times in doing this, these microscopic little ports that are supposed to open to your red bloodstream get ripped open even further and undigested food is now getting into your red blood cells and your whole immune system is a wreck because it's like, oh my God, what is this? We don't have this. Like it's either like, you know, extra fats, undigested eggs, undigested whatever, and you're gonna end up with what people refer to as an IgG response. It's an auto or immune response to something you've eaten. Um, and a lot of people will take an IgG test and there'll be like 30 things on there. Well, it's because of what they have is these Little things have opened up and all this food that they eat all the time is now in their bloodstream and their body is just having this immune response because it's not broken down into micronutrients. So that could cause and is called They call that a lot of times leaky gut when those little microscopic ports get opened up. So if you catch celiac disease early enough, the VLI can start to grow back if you are taking care of your body and you're eating the right nutrients and you're doing a lot of stuff and you're taking like powdered breast milk or you're doing um, like gut health or gut fortify or there's a whole different bunch of supplements. You can take bone broth, things like this that actually rebuild veli, rebuild muscle and gut tissue and all kinds of stuff. And we can talk about those as well. So those are kind of the different ways in which the body responds, right? And there's a lot of other responses, but those are the common ones when it comes to Crohn's disease or to celiac disease or to leaky gut or even IBS. And we're talking about gut health, right? And so what happens as a symptom, right? As a symptom, you might get bloated. So For myself, you might get a migraine. That means that you also have a leaky brain, to be honest, because the same micro lining that lines your intestine lines your brain and those also get opened up. So you could get migraines. You could have memory loss or like foggy brain, they call it, Um, which I have a coaching program and I coach people through foggy brain and we close up the leaky gut and the leaky brain at the same time. Uh, so, if you're interested in like VIP coaching, that's something I also can help you with, and it does work very, very well. It's based on Dale Brennison, Dr. Dale Brennison's protocol with um, Dr. Tom O'Brien. So, um, so you could have, like I said, bloating. You could have constipation. You could have diarrhea. You could have the mucus in your poop where you look like you're pooping out boogers. You could have. You could be passing blood. If it gets really bad, you might be farting blood. Um, you could have hormonal imbalances. You could be exhausted all the time. You could have a lot of acne on the lower part of your face, um, skin issues, psoriasis, eczema. Um, a lot of those little skin things can come from a bad gut. So there's a lot of different things that can show up when you have a bad gut. You smelly farts. Maybe you smell like a dog when you fart. I don't know, right? But how do you fix it? That's what we need to talk about. How do you fix that? When your gut has gone awry, what do you do, right? And there's, there's simple things you can do. And yes, you could go and say, hi, hey, I'm going to do this diet. It's the new fad thing. Great, go try it. I'm going to tell you that everybody is different. I have coached thousands of women and a few men. <laughs> I found really that I didn't like working with men. So truth be told, I coach women. Thousands of women over the last seven years. Everyone is unique. Everyone is different. It is not a one size fits all ever. There is always little things that you have to flow and you have to flex for that person. Okay? It could be that they have a certain food allergy, therefore they can't eat a certain food. It could be that they just don't like a certain food, therefore you're not going to introduce that. It could be that they have different deficiencies in their blood work. And so you got to, You got to introduce different foods for them to rebuild, like vitamin B or to rebuild their iron, or there could be other autoimmune compromisers, so you can't do certain things, or they could have EOE on top of whatever else they're dealing with, and therefore you can't do dairy or eggs, right? So everybody's unique. So it is not a one size fits all. And I think that's something we have to be very, very cognizant of. What works for me may not work exactly for you. You might need a tweak. What worked, For Bonnie is probably not going to work exactly the same way for Regina, or you know, and different and and then I was just talking to a past client recently, and and she's like, my uric acid is super high, and she's working with my functional medicine coach, which I love, and my functional medicine doctor, and she's like, so I'm going to do this new thing by Doctor Perlamiter, and I've got his book around here somewhere because I'm reading it, and I'm like, cool, everybody is different, and and because yes, she had gut issues at one point, but now she's got uric acid issues. And part of that too is that as the world changes, as our lives change, our eating patterns change, um, I've noticed that with myself, right? And so we have to decide what is unique for us. So with myself, okay? Full transparency, full honesty. When I was traveling, and I was speaking about gut health, and I was living it, and I was coaching full-time, and I had multiple clients. I had so much structure, so much masculine energy that I ate the same – I had meal plans. By the way, I sold meal plans. We had 42 weeks of meals laid out, so almost a whole year, and then you just rotate the meal plans through. Primarily myself, I lived off 13 weeks, and then I'd rotate the 13 weeks and rotate the 13 weeks. And so – I always had a smoothie for breakfast, then I had black coffee, then I would have berries in the morning, always, never failed, then I'd have some sort of salad, then I would have a vegetable for sack, and then I would have a dinner, that was my day, always, there was no difference, and so on Sundays, I would make salad jars. I love salad jars. I'm going to actually make salad jars probably this coming week um, because I have stuff in the garden now to make the salad jars and it's going to be fun. I'm going to make salad jars with my lettuce and my kale and stuff I'm growing. And I'm going to go back to some of that structure because I need it. But during the pandemic, my structure kind of fell apart. I wasn't traveling. I was home 24-7. I was gardening a lot more, but I was also lazy and tired and we couldn't go out for experiences and we were doing DoorDash and we were having all the groceries delivered and I got lazier and um, I got sick at different points. The girls needed to be able to make their own food, so we ended up buying gluten-free food that could just go in the oven, right? Fish sticks, chicken nuggets, cereal, easy breakfast go-to, french fries, like all of this convenient food that really has no nutrient density to it. There's no nutrients there. And so I was tired. I was tired. I was just mentally tired. I'm actually like today I got up and I'm like, it's the new moon when I'm recording this, by the way. So I'm like, I'm going to tear our kitchen apart. <laughs> Nobody in my house knows this job. I don't even want to cook in there right now because it's dark. It's gloomy. I don't like it. It's cluttered. There's stuff everywhere and I'm just ready to rip it out and maybe get some new spoon holders, some new rugs for the floor and like just Make it look a little different and more inviting, and change the energy up in there, and get back in there and start cooking. Like I need to cook for myself, um, so I let my st- my own diet kind of just right. I'm eating a lot of kids' food lately, and so what has happened? And then I'm on conference calls, and I love to talk. You guys know I love to talk. I mean, I have a freaking podcast, right? And if you ever met in person, I hardly shut up. So in order for me not to talk the whole time on a call, I'm finding that i have putting food in my mouth to snack so I'm not talking with my mouth full. That's like became my behavior of if I'm going to be quiet, instead of putting my hands over my face, which is rude, I'm eating on camera so I'm not tempted to interrupt people or talk over them or unmute myself when I'm not supposed to be because I just need to talk. And so I've put on 20 pounds. I weigh as much as I did after the last kid was born, which is crazy. So it's all good. I know how to drop the weight. I know I need exercise. I know I can walk. I know I can garden. I still have my strength and I know I'm eating crap. So we're going to go back to eating a well-balanced diet and it's going to be fun. Okay. So back to gut health, right? Here I am talking and talking. But the reason I explained all of that to you and kind of what's happened is my own gut right now is not balanced. I'm a little bloated. I realize that. I realize that I can't take a breath in my kundalini and get the breath all the way down like I used to be. It gets it gets stuck because there's stagnation in the middle of my body, and I got to work through the stagnation. Part of working through the stagnation is going to be balancing the food I'm eating. Part of the stagnation is going to be movement, whether I'm in the garden walking or doing like um, a KLZ workout, there's going to be movement. Part of getting the stagnation out, I realize, is I need to call the naturopath and I need to go in and get three treatments I need to start dry brushing again, release all the lymphatic stuff. And these are things that I'm going to do to start to move the stagnation out of my body, change the energy, and get the flow going again. Um, I'm a little constipated most of the time. Yesterday, I had diarrhea all day. So there's this go from rabbit poop to diarrhea, back and forth, right? And it's kind of aggravating. The other aggravating thing is I had to go buy jeans one size up. Now, It's not a huge problem, but I've worn the same size for like 10 years and then I have to go back and get one size up. It's kind of annoying if nothing else. Or I'm wearing dresses so I don't have to worry about buttoning my pants. That's also kind of freaking annoying. So how do we heal the gut, right? What do we do? What are those three things? The very first thing that we have to do is we have to get enzymes in, right? And so I ordered my enzymes. I've got Pro, uh, enzymes that I ordered from and I can actually i'll share this in the show notes as well I have an online pharmacy with full scripts that allows people to order quality supplements uh, And things that you would normally get from your functional medicine doctor because I have to basically pers- not Prescribe but I have to give you a recommendation Of a couple different things and then you can order so I ordered enzymes. I also need to start eating food that have natural enzymes, okay? And so why enzymes? Let's talk about that for a second. So number one is enzymes. But why enzymes? Enzymes act like scissors. Enzymes break up the food into micronutrients. So your body can do something with it. It can burn it as energy. It can release it as waste. It can store it. It can use the antioxidants. It can, you know, do what it needs to with the single microorganisms and the micro pieces of food that you eat. So, the enzymes act like scissors. They keep cutting up and cutting up until you end up with a single single piece of a micronutrient. Okay? Not a not a multi-chain or anything, like a single one. So, foods that have natural enzymes are Are you ready? You might want to grab a paper by the way. But natural enzymes, pineapple, papaya, hmm. So those are in medical medium. Interesting. Pineapple, papaya, green grapes, even if they're frozen. Um, I don't have my notes in front of me. Natural enzymes. Hold on. Pineapple, papaya, green grapes. I believe avocado. And there was another one. And normally I would have a slideshow and we'd be talking and there'd be like a little script. Um, what is the other one with natural enzymes? Anyway, to start with those, especially like the papaya and the pineapple and the green grapes. They're really, really good for you. Oh, kiwi. Kiwi. Okay. Though what what natural enzymes do if you ever want to play with it, or you've already probably already seen this in your real life? An apple has natural enzymes that break down an apple. Now. Papaya and pineapple break down other foods. But when you slice an apple and you leave it in the air, the natural enzymes go to work. What happens to the apple? It gets brown and mushy because the enzymes are digesting the apple. So when you eat the papaya and the green grapes and the pineapple, it is starting to digest the other food that you've eaten throughout your body and it helps you break that down. If you are eating raw food, right? And I'm not saying go on a raw food diet. I did that for a while. My body did not like it. It actually caused some issues with my body. So again, every person is different. I cannot live on a raw food diet. It did not work for me based on the MTHFR mutation that I have. So, but when I'm eating cooked food, right? So if I'm eating a cooked potato or I'm eating a cooked sweet potato or I'm eating beans or whatever else, I'm eating garbanzo, right? I need to take a full-spectrum digestive enzyme to help break that food down. And I need to be really good about not just taking those when I'm at a restaurant, but taking those at during the day when I'm eating my evening meal at home, like one or two digestive enzymes to help break that food down to help my gut heal. So... Number one, enzymes. And now, if you have extreme, extreme inflammation, then we can talk about proteolithic enzymes. But that's something like for people that have extreme inflammation in their joints, okay? So that'd be something more on like a one-on-one coaching call. Okay. So number one, enzymes. Number two, probiotics. You guys are like, cool. We hear about those all the time. All right. I'm glad that everybody knows about a probiotic. Let's talk about why you need it and how to get the probiotic for you, because there's a couple of things you need to know. In your gut, you have good bacteria and you have bad bacteria, right? If you get an overgrowth of either one, you're out of balance. And so you you need bad bacteria, but you don't need a lot of it. And you need good bacteria, things you have to keep in mind. Hand sanitizer, it's everywhere right now. It kills bacteria, all of it. So... We don't use hand sanitizer. I actually use essential oils for my kids or use soap and water. Um, Or we don't worry about washing our hands depending on what's happening because some of that bacteria you need to eat, especially if you've been out gardening. you, You are okay not scrubbing or soaking the food in vinegar because you need some of that bacteria in order to balance your gut. If you have an overgrowth of candida, which is a bad bacteria, You could end up with bloating stomach, you could end up with sugar cravings, you could end up with massive mood swings, you could end up with a yeast infection or like the white yeast in your uh, corners of your mouth. If you've ever seen people get like the white stuff on the corners of their mouth, they have too much candida. That's all it is. It's candida. Candida is a type of yeast It gets way overgrown in their body. You could also have an overgrowth of yeast if you've been eating too much bread and pastries and things that are made with natural yeast. Um. SIBO. A lot of people say, "Oh, I got SIBO." Okay, that's S I B O. Um, it's an overgrowth of bacteria. <laughs> so, as much as they want to put you on a probio or an antibiotic, you can do that. But you could also treat it with a balanced diet and the right probiotics. Because if you take an antibiotic, it kills all of the bacteria in your body, the good and the bad, and it takes you twenty-four months to regenerate a healthy gut. So if you've been on antibiotics for any reason or your kids have been on antibiotics, just keep that in mind, 24 months to regenerate a healthy gut. And that means you're reintroducing things that feed the probiotics in your gut, the gut and the bad bacteria. You're reintroducing prebiotics and some other stuff in there. Natural ways to get probiotics besides taking a supplement, which we'll talk about supplements in a minute. Natural ways to get probiotics include kombucha, kimchi, sauerkraut. Uh, fermented foods. So you could do what I like to call Polish pickles, not the pickles from the store that have the vinegar in them or the American way of pickles where you boil them to death uh, and you add vinegar and sugar. Those don't have probiotic in them, but like the fermented style. Okay. So those are four easy ways to get natural probiotics. If you're going to do a probiotic supplement, you're going to want to look for one that has either spores in it or it's living. And most of the time, the living ones have to be refrigerated. Okay. So personally, I like Just Thrives, spore-based probiotic. It's got a lot of science behind it. It's also multiple strings. It's not just a single probiotic. You just don't want lactobacillus. A lot of them will be like eight million lactobacillus. Great. That's not balanced. That's not gonna help me. I'm gonna end up with an overgrowth of lactobacillus. That's not gonna help. So again, if you need ideas for probiotics, we've got some just thrive. I absolutely love. And I'll drop my own link and I've got a discount for Just Thrive. So if you are looking for a probiotic or things to heal your gut, they have like the Gut Fortify and they have got some other stuff that's amazing because they are a gut health company. Um, I'll drop that in the show notes for you. <clears throat> so number one, enzymes. Number two, probiotic. Okay. You're all like, what's the third one to heal my gut? What's the third one, right? The third one is bone broth. And the reason you want bone broth, and this is something even myself, I got to make some bone broth. I got to Reintroduce bone broth. as much as it's 90 degrees outside. And I don't want to have bone breath. I'm going to put it in smoothies or whatever. You can also do bone breath powder because they do have powdered bone breath. And we'll get to that. Okay. I took a pause for a second. I needed to cough. That's another sign that my gut's are wrecked because I've been coughing mucus. Again, TMI. I know, but it happens. All right. So bone breath. Bone breath has glucosamine. It's got a bunch of micronutrients. It's also got a lot of minerals from the bones. And so doing bone broth is super easy. But what bone broth does is it actually regenerates the cells. It feeds the mitochondria. It introduces cell growth and it gets rid of inflammation super, super fast. It's like the best thing ever. They actually used to, that's why you were always told when you were sick to have chicken noodle soup because originally chicken noodle soup was made with the whole chicken and the bones, and that's why it worked. If you're not doing bone broth and you're just drinking chicken noodle soup now, like condensed, whatever, it's not going to heal you. But if you can get bone broth and drink that when you have the flu or you have a cold, it's going to work. It also works for arthritis. It works for lowering your blood pressure. It works for sugar balance. It works for so many things when you have bone broth. So with the bone broth, Super easiest thing to do is buy whole chickens, cook the whole chicken, eat the chicken, save the bones, put the bones in a soup pot, add some vegetables, some herbs, and like certain herbs you might want to add because of certain ailments you have. Celery, carrots, onions, garlic, a little bit of salt, right? Boil it about four hours. Excuse me. You could do eight hours, but about four hours. Boil it. Or let it sit there on like a medium and not just boil the whole time, but like get hot. You're basically making chicken soup, strain that out, all of that broth, put it in jars, put it in your fridge, drink it as a bone broth tea, add it to any soups that you're doing. If you're making mashed potatoes, use that instead of milk. Um, But you need a cup of bone broth a day and you're going to regrow your gut. It's really going to work. Okay. So those are the main big three things. It's the enzymes, the probiotic, and the bone broth. If you are in the middle of a gut imbalance and you're like, oh my God, my gut is just a wreck, stewed apples. So buy some apples yourself, organic, non-GMO. Stew them. What does that mean? It means putting them in a pot with a little bit of water, a little bit of cinnamon, maybe a date, and boiling them down until they're mushy. And you want to eat the peels with the apple because you want the pectin from the apple peel because that's what's going to reseal the leaky gut. It's going to seal these back up and it's going to heal them. So stewed apples, amazing. Colostrum. Colostrum is just what it is, but you can buy powdered colostrum. We have it at our house quite frequently for me and my daughter who have celiac and Crohn's because it immediately helps the gut. It helps regenerate the gut. It helps the microbiome. It helps the the mitochondria. So you could have colostrum in your morning coffee. You could have colostrum, which I've done that, uh, in a smoothie. You could add it. We make a blue milk, which is basically our froth milk with blue spirulina, a little bit of maple syrup, vanilla, and colostrum, sometimes even bone broth powder. Oh, I forgot to tell you about that. I'll go back in a second. And the colostrum will heal the gut. It'll reseal the gut if you've gotten cross-contaminated, you're having issues, if you've got diarrhea, constipation stuff. Go back to the classroom. Like they're not lying when they say that breast milk heals everything. It does. Okay. Powdered bone breath. We like Paleo Valley. Powdered bone breath. For many, many reasons. I do know the family that owns Paleo Valley, but that's not just the only reason. So I do trust them. But Paleo Valley's is non-GMO. It's made from grass-fed beef and it's Really, they take time and they care about their bone broth powder. And so their bone broth powder, you can put, again, in coffee. You can add it to smoothies. You could put it in your chicken. Um, uh, you can cook with it. So like if you're doing breaded chicken and you're doing your own breading, you can like mix the bone broth powder in and powder it. Like you can add it to a lot of things and it's easy to get in your diet. And it's an easy way if you don't want to drink bone broth too, especially in the summer. Not everybody wants to drink hot hot soup. Um, that has to do with like the aerobatic stuff I know, right? The seasons change, the food changes, and it's all good. So just use the powdered bone broth in your morning smoothie or your morning coffee. Okay. Those are my gut health tips and tricks for the day. I know this is a longer podcast. You guys, if you have more questions, like shoot them over. Let's, let's talk. Let me know what's out there. Let me know what you learned today. Let me know like how else can I help you? And um, thank you for coming uh, with that. Let's uh, head out to the close of the show. All right, you guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Share with me what your favorite part was and share when you're going to try something that we talked about. Are you going to try one of the four, three, actually I said three gut health tips, but I think we talked about four. Um, again, ask me any questions you have. If you need any clarification, you can shoot it over on Instagram at gfmomcertified or you can shoot me an email at tiffany at GFmomcertified.com. And again, if you are interested, here I go again with that cough, excuse me. If you are interested in doing a consultation, uh, reach out. We can schedule a one-on-one consultation. We can talk. Like I said, we can do a whole coaching around gardening and gut health together and how do they work together about creating balance for you in your own life. I am here for you and I'm excited to see all your benefits. Satnam, love you guys. So if you love this episode, remember to share it with all your friends. Send it to anyone who may love this inspiration and information that we shared. And to get our newest book, The Green Witch, The Ultimate Green Witch Gardening Planner, you're going to want to visit Amazon or our website, www.cultivatingguts.com, or our Etsy shop, Lily and the Green Witch, to grab the planner. We have it in print and we have it in digital download. We're super excited for you to get your hands on the planner and to get planning your garden in a way that will succeed for you. To get all those details, head over to www.cultivatingguts.com and you will see everything you need to get started with your own gardening, our gardening masterclass, and every, everything you're going to need to get going and growing your own food to help your own guts.